Are you developing IoT solutions? Get ready for tomorrow with Farnell, supporting your design journey from connecting smart sensors to the cloud to implementing AI. Find everything you need at Farnell.com. Enjoy this episode with Farnell, a global distributor of electronic products and solutions. Welcome to the Future Print Podcast, celebrating print technology and the people behind it. Well, hi there, and welcome to this week's Future Print Podcast. And I am very pleased to have with me a, a good friend who's been in the industry a long time, uh, Mr. Steve Lister. Steve, hi. Hi there, Fraser. Glad, glad to, to have the invite. Looking forward to today's podcast. Yeah, Steve, uh, you and I have known each other for quite a long time, um, and you're going to talk a little bit about your background in a moment. You're currently working for HH Global, who... Yes. Um, yeah, you tell me, actually. Explain explain to the audience a little bit more about them. Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on thanks, Fraser, and I'll touch on HH Global first, um, just to give um, the audience a little bit of an understanding. And then, like you said, let, let's sort of like sort of like focus down on, you know, a bit of my background. What about and, you, yeah. And, and how we've sort of like come to not just be friends, but sort of like really good, you know, business partners yeah. in the past. So yeah. HH Global, okay, look, you know, let's get the corporate stuff out of the way. Who are we? Mm. You know, we're a, a global tech-enabled creative production and procurement partner. That's what we do. And we have big aspirations. Look, we're a two and a half billion turnover company. You know, and we aspire to be the world's most impactful partner to brands, really trying to seek stronger, more sustainable growth. Mm-hmm. Because with the size that we have and the scope we have, we can have real big impact and we can give our clients really, really big ideas. So for us, it's really about us working closely with them. And, and I know the audience that you have work across different sectors. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely where HH Global's strength is, because we don't just work across one or two sectors. We work across financial, FMCG, you know, retail, life sciences. Wow, technology, beverages, not-for-profit, mm-hmm. luxury. You know, we are very, very fortunate Broad. to work with some incredible brands, which take us pretty much to every continent, you know, around the world. You know, and and that's really why I joined them. Mm. You know, uh, they've got a great footprint. They've got great clients. They've got a fantastic tech-enabled service offering. And also as well as they've got great teams. Yeah. And that's why I joined. So, you know, if we want to say it, that's the corporate bit out the mm-hmm. way. You know, What about you, though, Steve? Well, t- tell us a bit about you. What what do HH Global see in you? Um, hey, well, you know, <laughs> I don't hugely like to talk about myself. What do they see, what do they see in me? Well, yeah. hey, look, maybe what do they get? Ask. What do they get from you? What do they get? Uh, Steve what they, Lister, what is that? What does that offer them as an organization? What does that offer them? Hey, look, you know, like you said, Fraser, you know, I've been hugely pas- passionate about sustainability in, in in print, in packaging, in in signage, in you know, displays. And my role as sustainability director uh, for global brands and retailers pretty much takes my experience back. I'd probably say nearly twenty years. Mm. You know, it started off sort of like looking at sustainable materials within Robert Horn Group, if any yeah. of you guys, uh, you know, uh, people on the call sure remember them, um, you know, and then through there, I've had a, a number of my own consultancies of which I've then uh, uh, sold on and joined uh, uh, different companies in different sustainability roles. And that's really where I find myself now. And I'm very, also very fortunate that HH Global does uh, give me the opportunity to have a voluntary role with Popeye, the Point of Purchase mm-hmm. Association, of which I'm head of sustainability you know, and and again, we look after um, uh, uh, brands and retailers across you know d- d- many many different sectors. So yeah, 
hugely passionate, been hugely passionate for about 20 years on sustainability. I've never lost that passion and enthusiasm. And and like I said with, with you, Fraser, we've worked together in many, many different areas. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I mean, is, is sustainability still at the forefront? It is. Will, will the latest pressures on the economy and the global pressures, will it take focus away? Do you know what? I don't think it will this time. Yeah, we'll, we'll dig we'll dig deeper into that, Steve, because uh, yeah. I think you're right. It's absolutely right. I just want to clarify, really understanding the role that you are in. Um, I think anyone who who looks at LinkedIn will know that you often post stuff that is just observing interesting uh, activity in the retail space, activity as you said in the POP POS space. Uh, or packaging you're yeah. always kind of looking out there for something interesting to share um so what is what is your role as such what what what's your function and how do you i know that you love to kind of share stuff with people yeah. yeah um how does that work explain to me how that works in terms of the, the day-to-day job you do well well my role is a consultative role you know and, and you know that might sound a bit like people might say oh my god a consultant you know um and I'm not here to tell people, you know, what they already know and mm. charge them for it. Um, I'm here to um, inspire. I'm yep. here to connect um, either technologies or print technologies or ideas together. Um, and, you know, just go back to the, the social media piece. I've always had an interest in, in looking at something that, that I feel that is interesting. Yep. And, and I have been very fortunate and I know that there are many people that follow me. I'm very fortunate that people still follow me. I've got to keep it interesting. Um, you know, and I'm always flattered by the amount of, you know, comments, you know, and, and, and reposts and stuff, but I, that's what I do. I, I just like to future look. I like to see what's happening in the world and my role uh, at HH Global enables me to work with some incredible clients, whether it is Coca-Cola whether it, you know uh, whether it is Unilever, yep. um, you know, I can go on and name another twenty or thirty different yeah. clients. Um, Starbucks, Nestle's, Levi's, you were talking about, yeah, Alfred's. There's lots of brands, lots of different brands. Absolutely, PBH Group, which we're doing some incredible work with, which is Tommy Hilfiger, uh, Calvin Klein Group, Ooh. and they they look for advice. They look on what's happening in the world. What are the best designs out there at the moment, Steve? What are the new materials that we're seeing that are changing the landscape? You know, suppliers, who are the new suppliers out there? What about production methods? Are there new sustainable print methods out there that can help people? How do they distribute it? What happens at end of life? And can we create some, I don't know, some circular opportunities to maybe, you know, lessen the impact on the environment? So when you look at sort of like those life cycle processes, I'm working directly with clients all day, every day, Mm. you know, in those different regions, whether it's North America, whether it's Europe, Middle East, Africa, or down to Asia Pacific, that's the questions and that's the work I'm doing on a daily basis. Manufacturing is undergoing a digital revolution. The Future Print Tech Digital Print for Manufacturing event will explore the exciting opportunities for inkjet technology in manufacturing industries. Join us at the Muller Centre in Cambridge on the 9th and 10th of November. For more information, visit futureprint.tech forward slash events that's future print tech digital print for manufacturing you are observing trends that are out there and you started to touch on obviously things that we're all considering at the moment which are issues like uh 
you know, the fuel crisis, uh, cost of living crisis, uh, obviously wars in Ukraine. There's lots going on. There's, you know, this is probably one of the most tumultuous periods of our, uh, our business careers, lives, in fact. Just stepping back from those, uh, should we say, mega trends that are uh, that are occurring. What particular areas do you see? What what are the kind of the underlying trends, the things that are happening? Regardless, does that make sense? No, ab- ab- absolutely, and 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 it's and, and that's a good question because I agree. If we remove some of those um, bigger now, we, we can maybe touch on them a little bit later. Mm. Um, hello, all companies will work on different sort of like strategic windows. Sure. So we'll get some companies who are looking at very very short term term stuff. So less than one year, they will be looking to. And they enhance their sustainable credentials. They're looking maybe to, to look at their CO2 impacts, et cetera. But then as companies get bigger, they start to look at other strategies that are sort of like their risks against their business. So they'll look at that, which is sort of like one to two years out. And then the big strategy stuff is three to five years out. And, and at the moment, there's a real issue with people trying to predict what's going to happen over the next, you know, we don't even know what's going to happen in the next 12 months, really, let alone, you know, the next three to five. So those are the sorts of things that really, you know, we, 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 we focus on. Um, but there's lots of different things. Hey, look, you know, Fraser, we've been talking about sustainability for, for, for yeah, many, many for a long years. Time, yeah. and, and, I, and I can remember talking about, you know, people were calling it environmental and green. They were using words that aren't really used anymore. No, you're right. And then we, then we progressed into talking about CSR, you know, corporate social responsibility, and that sort of disappeared now. And now we're talking about this wider, broader sustainability responsibilities called ESG, which is, you know, the environmental, the social and governance piece, mm. you know. And again, there might be, you know, many people in the audience this morning thinking, holy, you know, what's this guy talking about? Yeah, I haven't heard that. <laughs> it is. It's because it so many people say to me, what's the next big thing coming into sustainability? What are you going to be talking about next year, Steve? You know, you've delivered this this year, but what about next year? And I think, really, you talk about whether it's a mega trend or, or, or these trends. Sustainability and, you know, the whole environment, social and governance piece isn't a trend. This is now embedded in people's businesses. This is this is a prerequisite now of doing business. Yeah. Just business with clients. Hello. You know, people in your why though, Steve? Why? Why is it a prerequisite? You know, you speak to any business leader who is either pitching for business, who is connecting for new partners around the world. One of the major factors, obviously, you're going to look at things like financial stability, etc. As soon as you start looking at new suppliers, you want to know what their sustainable credentials are. Yeah, are they buying the right materials? Have they got supply chains that are ethical? Yeah, you know. No, can I ask you? Do you think this is because um, there is an argument that says actually sustainability is good business practice? Absolutely. Yeah. That actually. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, no, I mean, because that, that's the obvious thing, isn't it? To say it's good business practice. It will make and, and, you more efficient. It will make you more attractive to customers. It, you've got it's everything. It's not just customers. It's investors. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. The investment community. If you look at one of the biggest investors in the in, in the world, in uh, um, uh, BlackRock, and there's other lenders like Blackstone. You know, their their focus on ESG that the, those three key areas. You know, if you've got a really sound proposition in your company that is really backed up, no greenwashing. 
you haven't heard the word greenwashing out there, it's just basically you know untruths or, or stretching yeah. truth. If you can prove that you are a sustainable business with great commitments, your business will actually be worth more in the future. People will want to deal with you. You know, if you look at you know uh, demographics, you know, at, if you're an under twenty four year old now looking for a job. You want to work for a sustainable business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what, yeah, yeah. what's yeah. the opposite of a sustainable business? Yeah. An unsustainable business? No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. You work for one of them. You're absolutely right, Steve. It, all the research that points to uh, millennials having much clearer value requirements yeah. in terms of what they buy, in terms of where they work. So it's more important to them, isn't it? So in yeah. terms of bringing good, fresh talent in and also in terms of being able to sell to these people, you know, younger generations. They're, they're, they're the future consumers. Yeah. So, you know, in, in you know, whether whether you know, hey, look, you know, I'm 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 54, you know, I've been banging on about this for 20 years. Mm. What I think is really encouraging is when we start speaking to our clients and, and I'm on calls. You start to see 20-year-olds, mid-20s, you know, in sustainability roles. Mm. And that's what I find really exciting now is, you know, I would say if I was going to be a little bit critical of sustainability professionals, I would say it has been a very limited gene pool up, up till now. But one thing I would say is I've been bowled over and super impressed by some really intelligent passionate you know younger sustainable professionals that are coming through i think we're in pretty safe hands i think these are they're more intelligent than when when i definitely started it it was a bit of a you, you mean kind of more informed don't yeah you, i, I think they're yeah. more informed yeah. i think they've done i think their education processes they're coming out of universities with sustainability degrees yeah you know, yeah we, we had to find our way i mean look yeah. let's let's have a little you know preamble back in in history hey look when I grew up, we never used to recycle anything. Yeah, you know, we, we there was loads of things. We we it wasn't something we even did. Now, however, we did used to have electric milk floats that used to take all the bottles yeah. back. <laughs> you know, there were little pockets of, of sustainability. <laughs> weren't we, we used to do things quite well in the past, yeah. but some things luck, have just luck rather happen. than judgment, wasn't it? They probably, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. So, so, so yeah, I'm 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 super impressed that we've got some really good new sustainable yeah, pressures coming through. Yeah, that's good to hear. And I think you're right. I think everything you said there makes sense, complete sense. So um, just thinking a little bit more specifically about some of the client relationships you have and the work that you're doing, are you able to share any particular examples of things that you, you don't have to name the client, but, you know, examples of, of where you can say, I love what these guys are doing. This really is something that makes a massive difference. Oh, uh, you know, hey, look, I, I, I've got to, I've got to name drop some of them. You know, and they're going to be, they're going to be brands that you all know. But you know, hey, look, you know, when you start looking, and, and hey, look, I apologise if if any of our clients are on here listening, and I haven't named you, I apologise. You know, there's too many of you to name. I am super impressed by people like Unilever. You know, they are challenging us all the time about their marketing spend in every country that we deal in around the world the materials we use the production methods we use the the reduction of 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 environmental and co2 impact the same with people like coca-cola you know that you know there are some super teams out there who are one super challenging and they've got to be challenging and and at hh global we're up for that challenge as well um but then you've got other people that that sort of like you know, throw something in and you like, you know, like the cooperative uh, or co-op that we know here in the UK, 
they're doing some incredible work around circular materials and changing their their print and their materials in store, which is really, really subtle. So you know the cooperative in the past is fantastic looking after farmers and suppliers and things like that. But if you go into a into a co-op, there is some amazing little subtle changes going on around materials and print and things like that. So, you know, hey, I can go on and name another. Just out of curious, Steve, who who drives that in an organization like co-op? Um you all there's different stakeholders, but yeah. because sustain one thing we've learned is sustainability is now not just the responsibility or the focus of just one person called I don't know, sustainability director or yeah. whatever you whatever you want to call them. It's been driven down by the CEOs, by the C-suite senior levels. Mm. That then flows into, into things like sales and marketing teams because they want to be seen as being sustainable and, and projecting their sustainable credentials. It flows through HR because obviously people want to join a sustainable company. But it also then also flows in through, through finance mm. because we've seen it before. Sustainability does not equal more, more money. You know, it can save money, it can save time, it can save resources. Um, and it then flows up from logistics mm. because logistics can then, you know, save materials, save deliveries, those sorts of things. So so it's the it's those stakeholders in those companies that in the past you would maybe would deal with a procurement lead, mm-hmm. say, for instance. Mm-hmm. Now we are talking to CEOs, we're talking to logistics part of the businesses, we're talking to HR, we're talking to finance. So it's it's a more intelligent partnership, mm. I would say, now we have than just us going into procurement and saying, we can save you money, we can lower your costs. That is not what it's about now. It's about sustainable growth and more of an intelligent approach. Mm-hmm. So just bear in mind your background, my background. You know, we, we both have been talking uh, about print for a few years and packaging, as you said. I just wonder if if someone's listening to this podcast from the, from the print industry, maybe sign and graphic, mm-hmm. and they're producing product for customers, yeah. and those customers are the kind of brands that you're talking about. Um, what is it that you sense that perhaps might give them an advantage or, or or an opportunity that perhaps they're not seeing at the moment. That's that's a good that's a good question. Um, I, I, I would I, I would say you like everybody. Well, first of all, you got to be competitive. We know yeah. that. And and yeah. and and hey, look, do, do I understand the pressures of you know obviously energy costs going up because a lot of our a, a lot a lot of the supply chain partners who will be listening today, I'm sure their energy bills are spiraling out of control. Yeah. I'm sure their cost wage costs are going up. You yeah. know, they're shipping stuff probably around the world. And so logistic costs have gone up. Supply chain issues. Supply chain issues. I get all of that. So please mm. don't think I'm going to just wash over something and think mm. you're not under huge amounts of, of pressure. Probably the first time in 15, 20 years since the last sort of like recession kicked in. Mm. Yeah. So if I just take that aside for a second, and I'm, yep. not, I'm not decreasing the importance of that, um, I would say you've got to look at yourself as a company, as who are you? What's your mission statement when it comes to sustainability? You know, who are your suppliers? What do you use? The, the one thing I've always done, and I've, you know, some people say to me, well, you asked me there about social media a, a bit before, is, is, you know, hey, look, I, I'm not educated to, you know, you know, degree levels of whatever. But one thing I can do is tell a story. Yeah. And I think that's what I like to do with with with, with clients. And I think we don't do it enough. 
if I'm finding a new partner or a new supply chain partner, I want them to tell me the story of their business. Who mm. are you? <clears throat> Excuse me. What do you do? What are your supply chain partners? Where are your materials from? I would just say, if you're going to connect with a, a bigger business, they want to know that story too. They're going to buy into you. You want a long-term relationship that is mutually beneficial for both partners. So if you're really proud of doing something, I was doing some work. I can't name the uh, one of the supply chain partners, you know, but I was doing some work in a previous consultancy piece. And this client was telling me that, oh, yeah, we make um, recycled boards for a, for, for, <clears throat> for a major grocery retailer, 100% recycled, and we use vegetable inks, and we collect it at the end, and we, um, we granulate it, and we make it into benches. And I went, well... I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, well, we didn't tell you. And it's like, <laughs> why not? Just, what do you I say? Think, yeah, but I just think there are some huge best practices inside yeah. businesses that people think it's just day to day. But when you articulate it in a certain way or create a new narrative or story, I think it becomes really interesting. Mm. You know, what about your staff? What's the breakdown? What's diversity of your staff yeah where do you get your materials from do you do anything do you know any social stuff do you uh, do you link with any charities yeah build that story up and actually i think that becomes the most powerful thing i, I get think away from, uh, get away from yeah. price because do you know what people don't buy on price yeah i think you're right I think there's there's a lot in what you said there and i when i asked the question uh one of the things that was going through my mind was uh something you talked about and we talked about earlier which was um the fact that you share information for, yeah. for, for free you, you share it for free I've and we, yeah yeah and, I, and one of the things that we've been working on is looking at relationships with customers and one of the most important things i think that comes out of it is trust is yeah. that sense that you have a strong relationship that's based on trust and and that is, is crucial, particularly when there's a lot of bullshit out there and a lot of rubbish out there and we don't know the truth all the time. Yeah. Um, and so trust is more and more important. And that when they look when when I've looked at that, they talk a lot about sharing information that's credible, valuable, useful, good content. And that helps to build trust. That helps to build, solidify your relationship with your customer. So in effect, what you've been doing for many years by sharing this information is actually building trust with lots of people so that people know to look at Steve and think, oh, actually, yeah, we, what uh, you know, what Steve said there, that, that's interesting. So that's a thing that I think is always really important with customer relationship. And you've just kind of expanded on that by saying, actually, it's more than just that. It's also about the honesty and the clarity with which you tell your story. And I think that's the other aspect, isn't it? Storytelling. Well, hey, look, you know, I've, you know you, you've used some words that I probably wouldn't have used about myself, but I, I'm flattered by them. Hey, look, I, I am honest. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm Anything I post, I don't, I'm not hugely critical yeah. of people. You know, I don't do the Twitter arty stuff where I really jump in and, and, and slate something off. And the reason for that is, is, everything's got a story and there's a backstory and I don't know that. So if I don't know something, why something's been produced in a certain material yeah. or designed in a certain way, I'm not going to turn around and say, that's the worst piece of packaging I've ever seen in my life yeah. because I don't know the reasons behind it. What I might do is critique it or say, have you thought about something? And I, and I, and I think you're or right. Or here's an alternative. Or here's an alternative. And I've always shared stuff because I believe and I'm glad you picked up on it. And thank you for bringing that up. Is I believe that if you share stuff, 
people will, will believe that you're doing it for the right reasons. And I do it for the reasons that I'm passionate about this industry, our industries, whether they're across different sectors. Mm. I love what I do. And one thing I'm always saying to people is, is people always say things like, yeah, well, if I share something, someone might copy it or <laughs> they might steal, steal the idea. And I always say to people, just remember, 99% of people that look at it won't do anything about it, <laughs> right? There might be 1% of people that get off their backsides and do something. But at the end of the day, it's all about that inspiring people and giving people ideas, showing them new materials, new techniques. And do you know what? That's the only ever way I personally think you can you can move the dial and you can change the conversation is sharing, you know? Yeah. And I think in the future, the future of sustainability is collaboration, personally. Mm-hmm. That's my mantra is the more you collaborate, the better you become at something, the quicker you can develop things. So the more you the more you communicate with uh, if if I was a if I was a printer or a packaging company, I would be all over my clients saying, what's your what's your stress points? What's your pain points? Yeah. You know, what are what are your retail partners yeah, yeah, challenging yeah. you for? Do I have to eliminate I don't know laminates. Do you you, you, you've literally walked in. You've literally walked into the next question that I was going to ask you because I I was thinking exactly that same thing. I was thinking about turning that that pain into purpose or that pain into product because actually that that kind of un, that's another thing about a customer relationship, isn't it? That we yeah. we kind of question what do we do next? What do we create? Do we create new ideas? Do we have you know uh, new innovations? And I was going to talk to you about that idea of how you have that relationship that's close enough with your customer to understand what their true pains are. It, and it, go on, sorry, you say. No, I was going to say, you're, you're right. But the one thing I've got, I would say is, is it's about having an openness in the relationship that there's trust. Yeah. And, and it's not about a master and servant relationship Agreed. in any way. You have to be able to have open and honest conversation with, with clients to say, you know, even what am I making for you? Is it right or not? You know, is it correct? You know, let's speak to your retail partner. So let's say, for instance, you know, I'm a production company. I don't know what the production may be. It could be packaging, could be signage, could be you know, POS. You know, they obviously then make it for someone else. Mm. I don't know. Let's just say it is a brand. Let's just say it is Unilever, for instance, right? Unilever then puts all of those print and POS and packaging into retail partners. Now, if you're collaborative and you're asking those questions, you know, what can we do better? We might find that the retailer turns around and says, you know, do you know what? Lamination gives us a real problem because when it comes to recycling, it contaminates the recycling, which means they earn less from the material streams once it's collected. Mm-hmm. Now, what a great opportunity for the print partner at the beginning to turn around and go, right, how am I going to innovate about moving away from maybe laminates that cause a problem? Mm-hmm. Now, if you solve that at the beginning, one, Let's say, for instance, you're, I'm only going to talk about Unilever, but you know, you got a Unilever, you've solved them a problem. Mm. Then you then then you then go on to the next person, you know, the next person in the supply chain. I don't know. Let's just call it Boots. Let's just call it someone else. If you then solved a problem for them, you've yeah. then become a hero in the supply chain. Yeah. So, yeah. So it is, and and you can also and you're a hero for other other companies who yeah. are in the same place as Unilever with the same problems and the same yeah, things keeping and, them up. And then right. you've got an amazing case. Yeah. Then you've got an amazing case study to go back to other clients if you want to go and win new business to say, 
Look what we did for Unilever. This is the benefit that gave us, you know, for, for Boots as a retailer. And all of a sudden you're building up that story, that case study, that narrative behind it that says, you know, I'm not just someone who prints something and sells it at a price. I'm actually a bit of an innovator and I listen, I listen to my clients, you know. And you know what? Some days you're going to get hit. Some days you, someone's going to come back and go, I want you to reduce grammage. I want you to reduce the volumes you print at the moment, you know. Um, but they're the challenges. You then have to then sit back and think, right, how am I going to deal with it? But as a proactive partner within the supply chain, that's where you have the best opportunity, I think, at the moment. Yeah. Now, listen, um, we're kind of coming to the end of the podcast, but I just I just wanted to ask you one uh, one thing, because people won't necessarily know this unless they follow your linkedin but um you had you had one of those kind of moments didn't you in the last few weeks where oh. you yeah uh <laughs> kind of emergency surgery and into hospital yeah. so so just explain what happened and then i and, and then maybe if there's is it one or two things that whilst you were laying in your hospital bed you thought about life that you might share with us well, no, look, well, uh, th- thanks for br- bringing it up. Hey, look, and, I, and I won't, uh, I won't go into too much detail because some of the people on the podcast might, might be a bit squeamish. squeamish but, <laughs> hey, look, you know, I, all I'll say is, woke up on on August the first with no symptoms, um, just, uh, felt a, a, a little bit poorly, um, uh, went to the GP and promptly collapsed. Had a very, very bad um, uh, uh, appendix. Got rushed into hospital, blue lighted into hospital, and spent the next ten days uh, fighting him off a really, really bad infection, of which I was very lucky to come through. Um, hey, look, I spent ten days lying in a hospital bed. Pro- I would probably say in a days of morphine and pain. So <laughs> I wouldn't say I laid there looking at the ceiling. Um, but, 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 but I think what it does make you feel is it makes you sometimes feel how small you are, mm. you know, um, and how you're just one person in a really, really big set of cogs um but i think i've come back with a renewed revigor of you know i know people tell you life-changing stories of saying hey look i've seen the light and i'm gonna change my life i'm not gonna change my life one thing i've still realized is i'm still as passionate about sustainability as i've ever been um all i would like to say is you know hey look i I posted a very very simple post on linkedin and i was bowled over that i had over sixty thousand views and over 300 comments so Thank you for everyone who took the the time to even to, to look at that. I'm on the mend. Um, have I learned anything from it? What I have learned is I've I've learned that I'm passionate about sustainability. I love working with clients still and get a huge buzz from getting a briefing or a client phone up and say something like, I've got a problem. And that's where I've still got that natural, you know, enthusiasm and buzz to try and solve problems. And I think if anything, I've learned that I would, if someone said to me, give you one piece of advice. I'd say solve problems for people because if you solve a problem for someone, you sort of become a bit of a hero Yeah, because you've solved a problem. It could be anything. It could be production. It could be delivery. It could be logistics. It could be a new design. Just be open to solving people's problems. And if you are, I think you can safeguard a future for your business. Although I do appreciate the mega trends we've got at the moment around the world are, are, are putting a lot of pressures. And can I just say to all the people, if there are if there are companies on helm here who are pure production companies, I take my hat off to you. I admire anyone who runs a business. I hugely admire the people who put their own money into businesses and run businesses and pay people's wages. I am hugely, you know, uh, uh, have admiration for the stresses and strange of uh, strains of business owners around the world. 
Um, anyway, I won't be too, too gushing, but I am. I have an admiration for people who make stuff, who put their money into it, and who and people don't see that CEOs and business owners have many, many sleepless nights. And yeah. that's something I admire hugely. Yeah, I think that's interesting what you say, and that, that sense of belief as well, isn't it, that they, they truly kind of believe what they're doing in what they're yeah. doing. So, listen, Steve, yeah. it's been absolutely... And, and, it's, and it's exciting. And just to finish up for me is... Life is exciting. There is great opportunities out there. There are some amazing companies out there who are open to new ideas. Just go and fill your boots. Just be exciting. Just take your enthusiasm for your business and go and tell people about it. Yeah, That's what I, I say. Yeah, don't I think the bush, just get out there. Your comments pretty much all the way through being about sharing knowledge and yeah. what you see. Uh, and I think that's right. I think we have great. That's one thing about. Um, today the time today you are able to share easily and quickly and uh you just you know it's just it's great to be able to do that now listen mate thank you very much for giving us your time i know you, you know you, you're, you're back to work so you're kind of really busy at the moment but so i'm really grateful that you've given us half an hour but i'm i'm sure that we'll get lots of people that will listen to this because uh you're you, you know as you said yourself um you're a guy that many people know so and i'm pleased to hear that you're back on the mend um I hope that you and I can catch up soon, and I also hope that maybe you'll join mm-hmm. us maybe next year when we, we're, we're planning on running a sustainability summit in Geneva in June. So hopefully we can get you to speak at that event. Uh, we'll see what we can do. We'd love to. Thank, thank you very yeah, much, I'd, Steve. I'd love to do that. And, and look, no problem at all. And if anybody wants any more information, either follow me on LinkedIn or just email me direct at steve.lister at hhglobal.com. Always here to help uh, and always uh, uh, up for new ideas and, and, and uh, new materials and new processes. Thanks, Steve. Great stuff. Thanks, Fraser. This episode was brought to you by Farnell, your global distributor of electronic components, products, and solutions. Visit farnell.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe now for more great audio content coming up. And visit futureprint.tech for the latest news, partner interviews, in-depth industry research, and to catch up on content from Future Print events. We'll see you next time on the Future Print Podcast.